Raw, 13th of June 2016, from somewhere. Let's do it. Hi, hey, hey, hi, hey. Thanks for listening. Um, my name is Daniel Swan. Welcome to uh, another slice of Grapple Pie. Um, this is the Grapple Pie documenting the WWE Raw from the 13th of June 2016, um, emanating from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. I'm in a little bit of a bad mood um, because my dog, my lovely darling little dog, just tried to kind of bite me a little bit. Um, but I'll try not to hold that against Raw and call it right down the middle and not let my rage um, inside me boil over uh, into criticising it unjustly. Will I succeed? We'll find out. <laughs> If you want to start a WWE event off correctly, you start it off with the New Day. You get that, oh, New Orleans. Everybody gets involved. Everybody's happy right from the off. Everybody knows that they're going to have some fun. It's going to be fun. They're going to be watching wrestling and they're going to be having some fun. Um, and the only way to, to make it even better at the moment um, is to then have Enzo and uh, Cass come out, uh, which they did. And they had a bit of a slanging match, obviously. And it was very, it was very obviously... Uh, Childish and uh, innuendo laced um, with uh, Enzo saying that he had his lips and his fingers all over Francesca too, taking the mick out of uh, Steph Curry's new uh, shoes, which they were right to because the shoes are stupid and ridiculous. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it went on a little bit long for me. Um, like they kind of dragged it out a little bit, I think. But it's generally difficult to quibble too much um, about a promo that's as good as this. It was fun. It was entertaining. Uh, got everyone involved. Everybody happy. Um, and then they had they teamed up for an eight man tag against the other two teams in the Fatal Four Way that's happening at Money in the Bank, which is this Sunday. That came around quick, didn't it? Um, so yeah, and the match was you know regular listeners to the show. Not that I'm sure that there are any, but um, if you are a regular listener to this show, um, you'll realize, you'll know my general disdain for eight-man tag matches um, and six-man tag matches, really. They, they, I think there's too many people, um, unless they kind of break down fairly quickly because the usual kind of tag psychology that I really enjoy, I don't think really works as well in a six-man scenario. Um so yeah, they need to break down very quickly into just a bit of a mess um, for them to be really entertaining, in my opinion. It was fine. It wasn't a, a terrible one. Um, I thought Anderson and Gallows were built up very nicely. They came out of it looking very, very strong, uh, which I think they needed to after the, the kind of program with the Usos and kind of trading wins with the Usos, which isn't going to do anybody any good in terms of uh, building up monster heels. Is that I kind of feel like that they, they're trying to do. Um, so that was good. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's always fine. Um, Simon Gotch was, again, maybe a little disappointing for me. He's he's possibly a weak link in the in the Vaude Villains, but um, to be honest, I, I don't think I've seen enough of them to, to really, uh, in kind of substantial matches, kind of non-TV matches, to, to really make up too much of an opinion. Um, but it was, it was fine. It was an eight-man tag. It was fine. It built up Anderson and Gallo. So, um, yeah, I, I think a thumbs up for the first, uh, first segment and match. Oh, well done. The first of two incredible occurrences uh, then happened. Uh, it was a make Darren Young great again sketch, which, again, regular listeners will know that I hate, although I don't think you need to be a regular listener to know that people hate, because it's just, they're awful. They're truly, truly terrible. But 
this one had a laugh in it. Oh my goodness, how did that happen? Um, and Darren Young asked Bob Backland, how did you uh, manage to save so much money? And he said, this is my only set of clothes. Uh, and he said it in that kind of, I don't know, it was a situation where the fact that he seems like an old, bewildered man um, worked well for the comedy, as opposed to just being a bit sad and a bit like somebody doesn't really get what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I, that was that was astonishing for me. Uh, and I was very pleased that there was some kind of positivity coming out of it, because it seems like they're going to be plowing ahead with it regardless. Um, whether, whether we like them or not, they're going to go on. So uh, if there's not an option of cancelling them, the only other option is make them make the Darren Young... Make the make Darren Young great again. Great again. Sketches great again. Make the fucking hell. Make the make Darren Young great again. Sketches great again. Yep. Nailed it. I hate Stephanie McMahon. Um, I'm disliking Shane McMahon. The more I see him, or he is at least he is better at being natural in the way that I think that they they they're trying to kind of portray them. It's a bit more of a kind of natural character as opposed to the arch nemesis, arch bitch that uh, Stephanie was playing before. Um, but yeah, I just don't like her kind of ad libby style. I just don't think it really works. Uh, but then Kane came back. Kane came back and they were talking about um, uh, SmackDown. He wants to be the, the GM of SmackDown. Uh, I was getting in lots of lovely fire puns, which was good if that doesn't, you know, set your house on fire or, I don't know, some bollocks. But I thought that was quite fun. Um, and then Steph left and then Shane and Kane carried on and that happened. And then that just kind of faded out and we, there was lots of, I mean, oh, no, I'll do that in a minute. Um, there was a promo for the Shining Stars again. That happened. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I love Rusev. I love him very, very much. I know he's not necessarily uh, the most spectacular worker on the roster, but there's just something about him. I think he's he's a big kind of barrel-chested brute of a fuck, and I I just I don't know. There's something about him that just looks very authentic. It's just a very good character, um, and so when he beats up Titus O'Neil before Titus O'Neil can even reach the ring. For a match that we don't we don't know, they couldn't even be bothered to pretend like it was going to be a fake match, um, like they did once with Damien Sandow. Um, just, I, I, I'm, it makes me very very happy. Um, I mean, the worry is, of course, because um, Titus has been so thoroughly physically dominated um, on the Raw before the pay per view that then he will get the upper hand at the pay per view, but. Considering that I don't think Titus has actually had a match since he's been, or not on TV at least, um, since his suspension, says to me that they can't possibly put the US title on him, especially so early in Rusev's reign. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do a, a predictions thing later on, but yeah, I, I can't imagine that Titus will win it. But yeah, he got bitched out massively, he got beaten up, amazing kick to the back of the head, which lo- always looks terrifyingly real um and then uh the accolade um and he was kind of passed out by the end of it just got bitched out entirely thumbs up anytime rusev can matchka i'm i'm all on board thumbs up to any matchkering that rusev does one of the uh big things that they had on raw that they were kind of building up to for a while before it happened was the ambrose asylum 
um, with the other two former members of the Shield. It's a reuni- re- reunion of the Shield, you know, for the first time in blah blah blah. Um, and it was good. They they built up nicely, having kind of highlights from the Shield's tenure of them beating up various people. Um, I always think it's funny to see them when they debuted in their kind of black turtlenecks, looking like. I don't know, French beat poets or something. Um, but yeah, it was good. And then the actual um, Ambrose Asylum was all right. Um, again, second incredible thing of the night. Um, Roman Reigns had a pretty decent promo. I thought there was a bit of fire from him. I thought what he was saying made sense. Um, there was a bit more of a character from him, which I thought was all, which I thought was good. But I pinpointed something that I don't... Cause it, with Roman Reigns, I, I don't know whether I'm alone in this, but... I, I generally dislike him. I don't think I'm as vehemently opposed to him as everybody else because I appreciate that him as a worker is okay. He's just not good enough to be pushed in the way that he has been relentlessly pushed um, by the company. Um, but it, it's, it's a, my disliking of him is, as, a, as a performer is more of a kind of a general thing. Like, I'm not really sure why I dislike him as much as I do. I just know that I dislike him. Um, and But I pinpointed one of the things that I dislike about him is because he's young. I don't know how old he is, but he's a young guy, maybe under 30, I don't know. Um, but he acts like he's this massive veteran who's been around the block and he's talking to all you young upstarts and, you know, I know what I'm doing much more than everybody else that I'm going up against. And it's like, dude, by, we've just seen tonight that you've debuted at the same time as Seth Rollins. So let's just pop that chip, you know, old man veteran vibe to the side because that's, you don't, you don't, you haven't earned that. You don't deserve that. Um, yeah, so that annoyed me. But it, I did think he did all right. I think he did pretty well. It was one of the better ones that I've ever seen him do. Having said that, Dean Ambrose is obviously a very charismatic talker. Seth Rollins is a pretty charismatic, not quite as charismatic as Dean Ambrose, but he has a very, very particular story for this match. And it makes a lot of sense for him for this match. And he, he, he rides that very, very well. Um, again, in terms of the stories, Rollins is the face. Rollins has the much, you know, much more understandable motivation. He did never lose the title and he's coming back to to claim back the title that he never lost. That makes a lot more sense for me um, than Roman. Uh, but yeah, I thought overall this this was all right. This was all right. Ambrose is very good. And I thought it was good that they, they built up Ambrose so it wasn't like, oh, we all used to be the three guys in the shield and then you two went off to greater things and now I'm just an interviewer and I'm just interviewing him because he pointed out very rightly that, you know, what if I win Money in the Bank uh, and I cash it on the same night, maybe I'll walk out of Money in the Bank as um, WWE champion, which would be very interesting, very exciting. Um, yeah, and good that he got the, the physical upper hand uh, at the end of it just to say, hey, guys, it's not all about you because uh, he's, yeah, Ambrose has been kind of bitched out quite a lot. Um, over the last six months or so. Um, so yeah, I thought this was booked pretty well, delivered pretty well, just thumbs up all round, really. Nice stuff. Ugh, Charlotte. Um, so Charlotte comes out with Dana Brooke and uh, Paige is there and they're going to have a match and Becky Lynch and Natalia are ringside doing commentary, um, which I hate. I absolutely hate. 
commentary is, as I've said on many an occasion before, the hardest thing to get right and to do well because it's the least scripted. It's the most kind of free formy, you know, just reacting in the moment kind of misery. If I can, uh, Stanislavski esque, uh, if I can get uh, technical and drop some actor lingo on you. Um, and most people do it really, really badly. And even when they do it fairly well, like Becky Lynch is a good talker. She's got a great character. That kind of, you know, I kind of feel like it, it draws from her actual personality quite a lot, being a bit cheeky chappy kind of um, with her puns and, her, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But it overshadows from what's going on in the ring. That's not good at kind of working with the actual commentary. It just takes over and then it distracts. And I don't know, it's weird. Um, but they were there at ringside because there's going to be a, tag match at um, Money in the Bank um, Charlotte went against Paige uh, Charlotte's outside the ring getting a breather Dana Brooke rolls her back in uh, and then Paige hits her, one of her finishes and gets the insanely clean pin um, and then after the match they have a, a kind of an interview or a kind of a little backstage segment with Charlotte and Dana where Charlotte's saying you know you cost me the match and it kind of looked like that's what they were going for, but she didn't really. like. Or if she did, they should have made it a lot more blatant. They should have made it, you know, your classic bumbling manager, you know, goes to hit the face, but actually hits the heel, kind of that kind of thing. Like that, I can get on board with, because then there's some shenanigans in the finish and you can justify Charlotte as the women's champion getting the loss. Um, but as it is, it's, I mean, this should be a huge deal. This is a, a, a non-champion pinning a champion in a non-title match, entirely clean. Um, that should be a big thing. Paige should now really be the number one contender, but she probably won't be. Um, which means it, and it just serves to make Charlotte look weak as opposed to making anybody else look strong. So it's a very, very strange decision. Um, and I did not like it at all. Um, and I don't like Dana Brooks acting. I, I kind of. My mileage varies with Charlotte, but she's a lot better than Dana Brooke. Maybe that's why they've put her with her. Maybe it's like, you know, a mediumly uh, attractive person getting unattractive friends to make them look better by comparison. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this was uh, odd booking. And again, continuing the run of Charlotte being booked like a piece of shit champion. Lots of bad vibes. Lots of bad vibes in this uh, in this podcast, which is a shame. It's a shame. I tried not to do it, and I'm, I'm not going to plan to do it, but it's 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 a shame. It's a shame. Um, and how do you make sure that bad vibes are eliminated? It's by giving everybody entrances and making everybody seem important. Or you go for a match where Zack Ryder gets absolutely no entrance, like a fucking jobber, um, and... A match where Sheamus only has the very last part of his entrance. like, And then the match is like two minutes long where Ryder gives almost all of his big moves. Sheamus just kicks out of it, bro kick, and then he's done. So Zack Ryder's a bitch, a little baby back bitch. Um, and Sheamus is, you know, they're trying to build him up, I guess, after the, the League of Nations. Um, and then... Uh, so this is like the second super quick... Cause the, the Charlotte Page match was like two minutes I don't know this was about two minutes as well um, but then Apollo Crews comes in um, personality free Apollo Crews comes in with a personality and he comes in and he's like oh you know I'm going to beat Seamus up because Seamus has been a dick to me um, yeah which is good it, it shows that gets a bit of fire in his belly he is a ridiculously proportioned man I will continue to say that until my dying breath Apollo Crews looks like a regular man but inflated um 
but yeah, so the, I mean, after the match, which is clearly what they were going for, fair enough. But like, just surely you can trim some time off the rest of it, of something else to give a bit more time. I mean, this is a three hour long show. Like, surely you can give people some entrances or even like, don't show the entrances, but just have a little bit more of a match. Maybe let's just do that. Because um, they didn't and it was a shame. But yeah, good for Apollo Crews. Showing a little bit of something. That's all we needed. Just a little bit of something. And brilliantly, we cut back to uh, Kane and Shane still talking in exactly the same positions. Like they just have been talking solidly for about an hour at this point, which I thought was uh, quite fun. Um, and then, yeah, so Kane isn't going to get the thing. So Kane, that kind of shuts down his choice uh, his kind of storyline there but they did reference him strapping a car battery to Shane's knackers which I thought was quite nice having some kind of continuity um if you listen to to flicks or know me personally as a person you'll know that I'm a big fan of continuity in my works in my comic books in my movies um love a bit of continuity hate it when shows and films disregard continuity I just think that's lazy um so yeah this was this was really good I mean, I say really good. It was it was Shane talking to Kane, but um, continuity, fun. I've been going back recently and watching because um, I never really got into NXT early on because I only really kind of come back to wrestling in the last six months or so properly, um, and uh, signed up to the, the network. And I'm uh, going back and watching some of the old um, NXT takeovers. And I watched the first NXT takeover uh, with a main event involving uh, Neville and Bo Dallas. Who'd have thought that? Um, but it also had a wonderful match on the undercard with Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. And that's exactly what we got here. Um, obviously, it was a much better match at the uh, takeover because it was a bit more of a big match kind of environment um they had more time and you know it's not on free tv um but it was it was good it was good it was strange that they gave this away on free tv but it was it was a good match it's always going to be a good match between these two they're very good workers uh a lovely uh roll-up finish that they used in the the match before as well which was uh, incredible um yeah I mean, there's not a lot you can say. Not a lot you can say. It was it was always going to be a good match. It ended up being a good match. It's the it's the shame of of reviewing something. It's the same with you know reviewing movies or reviewing anything really. When stuff's good, you have less to talk about because it's just oh, and this is good, and this is good, and this is good. Um, whereas it's the shit things that you end up spending most of your time with because they're the ones that you can you know talk more about. Um, but yeah, this was a good match. It was a good match. It was. Um, not amazing, I will say that. Not amazing because it didn't really have a story to it, um, but a good match, um, as you'd expect from two uh, superlative in-ring technicians. <laughs> then we've got uh, Cena and Styles, um, which was, again, as before, it, it, their whole feud has been set up very well, I think. I'm really enjoying the, the, the kind of build-up to it. It feels, uh, again, I hate, I, I am loathing the, the phrase big match feel because it feels like something that WWE says when they want to make something seem bigger than it is but it does feel big and the way that they're building it up makes it feel big um, by referencing outside uh, organisations as they did it's unheard of New Japan were explicitly talked about PWG were mentioned um, Ring of Honor uh, was mentioned it's like crazy 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 stuff um, but it makes AJ Styles seem like a really really big deal 
Um, and then him mentioning what John Cena had done. Maybe, obviously, John Cena seems like a really big deal anyway, but it's it, it feels like a real, they've set it up very well as a big kind of clash of, you know, the, the WWE guy versus the biggest guy who isn't a WWE guy. Um, and interesting with the making sure that the club aren't going to be a part of the match. I thought that was that was quite interesting because the logical way of doing it, I would imagine, would be to have them involved in the first match um, and have AJ Styles get a victory and then have a rematch at the next month and then Cena gets some people involved and blah, 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 and then he gets his victory. And then the last match is like, right, everybody's banned from ringside and then we have another match and then we, you know, whoever wins, wins. Um, but I guess the, the the series that they had, that they just had with the club and Roman Reigns and the Usos and stuff kind of scuppered that because it'd just be a retread of what they did there. So they've kind of skipped a few stages. Um, but it was it was a good decision, I think. Um, it's it's means that we get a, a straight wrestling match. It, it makes it less likely, I think, that... AJ Styles is going to win, which is a shame because he's he kind of needs a win, doesn't he? Because he's just lost twice to Roman Reigns in consecutive months. Now maybe they will. I I just think John Cena's first match back, he can't lose, surely. Um but the fact that they've brought him back several weeks before his first match maybe means that people get used to say so it doesn't really have a kind of first match back kind of vibe to it I don't know it's a tricky one and that's uh, ultimately for for you know wrestling fans like myself who are you know annoyingly you know can predict stuff and you know oh well this is going to work and this is going to well because backstage politics are blah, 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 blah. Um, ultimately what you know the best thing that, that the WWE can do for for people like myself is is to create a match where you don't know who's going to win that's the, that's the joy of it. It could go one way and it could go the other, and that's that's uh, something that doesn't happen enough, I think, these days um, in WWE. Um, and so yeah, I, I thought this was really good. I thought it was fun, um, and uh, yeah, sets up a, a, a match where it's kind of as much as Styles has been the bad guy. Him signing the thing that bans the club from ringside is a is a face move. Um, so it kind of puts them both as kind of tweeners, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good segment, man. I thought both of them delivered well on the microphone. Um, both of them are good on the microphone, and I thought that that came across well. It's yeah, sets it up very, very nicely. I love Kevin Owens. I love him very much. I love Kevin Owens. Blah 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 blah. Um, so Kevin Owens and uh, Alberto Alberto Del Rio um, were having some troubles backstage. Bless them. Um, and then they got into a situation where they kind of talked their way. Well, Corporate Kane, as he was referred to all the time, and it just seems such a stupid name. Corporate, I mean, A, the fact that it's Kane, and they just call him Kane, even though he's wearing a suit and stuff, just seems weird. Again, I, I haven't, I only got back into wrestling properly kind of fairly recently and so it's i don't know i missed this first time around but corporate kane like why is kane wearing a suit that's stupid like give him a different name at least give him a different name mr red or something like this is my business name not corporate kane like fuck off um so yeah he suggests that they team up in a tag team match together 
classic, classic wrestling storyline. A tag team who don't get along. Wonderful stuff. Ripe for some comedy, some dissension, some all kinds of fun stuff. But then, fucks it all up. Because Shane's like, oh, that's a good idea, Corporate Kane. And Corporate Kane says, yeah, thanks. And I say, yes, Corporate Kane, but then you fuck it up by saying, and if you lose to the Lucha Dragons, then they're going to be in the Money in the Bank match instead of you two. Which instantly says, well, they're not going to win, are they? You're not going to fucking change the Money in the Bank card like the week bef- the week of the show. That's not going to happen. We've seen the graphic of the six guys in the match. For, it's ridiculous. Absurd. Such a stupid, stupid stipulation. Like, just have those two there and then have the Lucha Dragons beat them. Because this is one of the things that annoys me most about wrestling. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Is when two good singles wrestlers just get shoved together and then they can immediately beat any tag team. Hate that. Tag team wrestling should be an entirely separate discipline like um, doubles tennis. Like you could have um, uh, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal playing with each other and the best uh, best doubles players, the, the Wimbledon champions, whoever the fuck they are, would be able to beat them. I'm pretty confident because it's a separate discipline. It has its own kind of techniques, known rules and stuff. That's that's what it should be like in, in wrestling as well. So when whenever you have, like back in the day, you'd have like, oh, The Rock teams up with Undertaker because they're feuding. And then whilst they're feuding, they go against Edge and Christian, one of the most decorated tag teams in WWE history. And they win the tag team titles. Like I swear The Rock and The Undertaker had a tag team title reign. You know, why the fuck is this happening? Why? Do, what does that make the tag team titles? It makes them a load of, it's a piece of shit. Like, oh, it's, you know, they're the tag team, they're the, you know, the, the belts for the people who are too shit to be singles wrestlers, which, yes, is true, <laughs> fair enough, to, to a large degree. It's like younger guys, when they first come in, be part of a tag team, do it the proper way, like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, come in as a tag team, separate from the tag team partner, and then work your way up the belts. That's how it should be, not people coming in straight away and, and just dominating and being singles wrestlers. That annoys me. Anyway, ah, um, having said that, it was a really good match, and the the bickering between them worked really nicely. Uh, they did some nice little bits and pieces with that, with the Luch Dragons getting the upper hand. Obviously, they lost in the end because, as we say, the stipulation demanded that uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Del Rio win. But I thought this was a really good match because it told a good story. It had a nice story inbuilt in it. They set it up with one backstage segment. That's fine. Um, and then they tell the story in the ring. It's it's very, very simple, but that's what wrestling should be. Um, and when you have a story to a match, as this did, versus not really having a story to the match, i.e. Cesaro and Zayn, it produces a better match, even if the participants aren't necessarily, quote-unquote, better wrestlers, you know? Um so yeah, I, I thought this was a really, really nice match. Really enjoyed it. Thumbs up. And then we get a WrestleMania rematch with... Um, is it WrestleMania? No, not a WrestleMania rematch. Like a, a payback rematch. An Extreme Rules rematch. Um, with uh, Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. But you have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on commentary. You have Cesaro as the ring announcer. And then the loser of the group, Alberto Del Rio, is standing there in his pants holding a little hammer waiting to ring a bell like just pointless he looked like an idiot but it just gets all the money in the bank people out there to have a big fight at the end of it um and immediately as soon as you see them all out there you know right a it's going to break down in the end of the match and it's all going to 
go crazy, um, which it did. And then B, whoever is left standing at the end of that is not going to win. Um, the match was okay. It was it was decent. It wasn't amazing. Um, but then, yeah, it's Jericho left standing after a big, a lovely um, dive by Sami Zayn onto everybody. And then Jericho climbs up the ladder and grabs the briefcase and does his little cross-legged sit down on top of the ladder, very kind of effete and effeminate and uh, dandyish, which is wonderful. But yeah, it just means that he's not going to win um, the uh, he's not going to win the match. Of course, he's not. Um, but yeah, I thought it was yeah a decent match, and it, you know you it's the Money in the Bank people. You know that's what they're doing at the moment, isn't it? And that was Raw. Greetings, greetings, greetings of interest. Who won? Who jumped? Also, the match of the night. As ever, we finish with a classic, classic uh, grapple pie roundup. Um, as the awful jingle says, three things of interest. Um, winner of the night, loser of the night, match of the night. Um, three things of interest. Um, the Money in the Bank match, the lead up to it, has been pretty shocking, um, I think, for me. Um, obviously, the, 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 initially there was the the confusion between the graphic showing seven people in the match and then that's just been changed. The seventh fan's just been forgotten. Um, for whatever reason, um, but they worked. You know, we discovered who the six men were pretty early on, like within the first week of the month. And so the rest of the time has just really been various permutations. Oh, let's have a tag match. Let's have a six-man tag match. Let's have individual singles matches. Let's have other individual singles matches um, without any real story. Now, obviously, it's difficult to get a story, a decent story involved with six men, but. Maybe it, you know, it should be a situation where we don't find out everybody who's in it straight away. Maybe it's one match a, a week, one on Raw and one on SmackDown. So that'd take us to three weeks, and then we'd only have you know the final week where we'd know exactly who was going to be in the match. Um, not only does that kind of prolong it, means that it doesn't get stale, but it means that um, there is at least one match on every Raw and every SmackDown that genuinely means something. Um, which isn't always the case, especially on a SmackDown. Um, so yeah, I just kind of feel like it's been a little bit, a little bit lackluster, a little bit lazy, um, and they've just been, you know, kind of relying on the fact that the majority of the, the guys in the match, well, all of the guys really, uh, are good talents and, and have good matches. They're all good workers, uh, and they kind of feel like that's, you know, that's enough. Uh, when I would possibly disagree with that so um yeah i think the match money in the bank match i think it will be good but the build-up to it's been a little bit shit um second thing tag teams um we're having a big bit of a tag team resurgence um at the moment which is nice we've got a, a fatal four-way all of whom all of the the teams could feasibly um win the titles um obviously some are more likely than others but um it wouldn't be a, a super shock um, if any of them walked out, um, which is very, very good. Obviously, we've got Enzo and Cass and the Vaude Villains coming up from uh, NXT. We've got the, God help us, we've got the Shining Stars um, in there as well. Uh, there's the Lucha Dragons. There's the Usos who've been out since um, Extreme Rules. Um, so we're getting a, a decent kind of chunky uh, Breezango, for God's sake, the Golden Truth. Um, so pretty decent um, tag team roster, which is good. Hope, Hopefully... Um, you know, the, 
people in the WWE are looking to NXT and specifically looking to the Revival and American Alpha and the incredible tag matches that they've had. It's kind of old school tag matches, very simple tag matches with with simple kind of effective tag team psychology um, and seeing how well they've gone over, uh, hopefully is is kind of reminding people, do you know what tag, tag team wrestling is, is, you know, it's its own thing, it's a separate thing, but it is, it's just as valid and it can be just as entertaining. Um, so yeah, that's something that, that I'm pretty excited about. Um, not necessarily for, for the um, four, the kind of, four corners match or whatever it's going to be um, at Money in the Bank because, you know, I kind of feel like there's too many people to have in a uh, match and make it good. But um, just in general, I feel like the tag team division is in a pretty healthy place at the moment, which is good because it hasn't always been that case. Um, and finally, um, obviously with the new era, they, you know, like to think, oh, it's all new, it's everything's changed and everything's blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that um, has not changed, unfortunately, um, is too much McMahon. Too much McMahon. Even with it being part of it being Shane McMahon, who everybody loves, the other half is Stephanie, who's awful. Um, or just, uh, I just don't enjoy watching her. I find her awkward to watch. Um, and I kind of feel like the, the SmackDown going live on in July they're just heavily heavily promoting that already which seems odd because it's it's a long time to go and it's just gonna you know become incredibly boring if we're focusing at least a part of each show on the fact that oh who's going to be the smackdown general manager who's going to be the raw general manager um i kind of feel like they need to shut up about it until it's a bit close to the time that would that makes sense to me um yeah so that's i, I it was just a couple of points in this show that I just found myself to like, I don't want to watch it. I just don't want to watch it. I want to fast forward it. I want to get rid of the McMahons from my screen. Um, and that's not a good sign. Not a good sign at all, because that used to be the case. And then they said they changed it, and they fucking didn't. They fucking lied to us once again. Um, winner of the night, I would say Dean Ambrose. Um, he came across very well uh, in the Ambrose Asylum section, um, which was great, and it kind of made it, kind of dropped the idea that he would win the Money in the Bank match and um, potentially leave Money in the Bank as the, the world champion, um, which would be an exciting prospect, um, certainly. The fact that they've mentioned it means that it probably won't happen, but still, to, to even have him in those conversations, I think, is a positive thing. And then, obviously, he won against um, Jericho um, at the end. Um, yeah, I just think he came across very, very strong. Uh, I'm one of the, the, the you know kind of stronger contenders for the match, um, which is good. Because uh, he is, with him being so charismatic, he is one of those kind of faces who can lose um, without losing too much momentum, which means that WWE kind of, I don't know, take the piss a little bit and, and kind of make him lose all the time, which is inevitably going to hurt his character. Um, he, he can't sustain that forever. Um, and as much as I don't think he will win the Money in the Bank match, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a nice little boost to kind of have him booked so strongly as if he potentially could. So, I'd, yeah, I'd say he definitely came off the best. Um, from Raw, um, loser of the night, again, it's Charlotte. They hate her. They hate her. The, the women's division was, you know, there was the, the Divas revolution that they said was going to be a revolution that wasn't. Um, it was just a lot of people for, for no reason um, fighting each other. Um, 
And then the actual revolution happened, um, culminating in the incredible triple threat match of WrestleMania, match of the night at WrestleMania, stole the show. Um, and then since then, it's just been a kind of a pile of old shit, going back to the bad old days um, with the Divas. And it's, you know, nobody really giving a shit about them um, and not giving them any time, not giving them any good storylines. Um, aside from the Charlotte kicking Rick to the curb, which was a good segment, but kind of came out of nowhere and didn't make any sense because she was kicking one person out when she'd got Dana Brooke next to it. I don't know. Um, and yeah, she just continues to get beaten, um, continues to get beaten and beaten clean or winning, but winning cheaply. Um, and as much as it's like, you know, that's, yeah, that is what Ric Flair kind of made a career out of. Um, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a different thing. I feel like she's too big. She's too kind of physically dominant. Um, to get away with that because she is tall she is very strong um, and I think they should kind of push that as opposed to just trying to fit her just trying to make her a female Ric Flair um, she's done the right thing by kicking him you know kicking him out of her kind of entourage so to speak um, but then to, it's still very much a, a Ric Flair performance that she's giving um, which is a shame she even did a flare flop this week um, which, yeah, is not the thing to do if you're trying to distance yourself from his uh, his legacy. So, um, yeah, she was booked like a little bitch um, and not in a kind of female sense, just in a kind of a male sense, which is not good. Um, and then the match of the night, uh, much as I didn't like the fact that they, that I feel like the wrong team won um, because of the stipulation, I think that the Del Rio... Kevin Owens versus the Lucha Dragons match was the best match of the night. It wasn't really to do with the Lucha Dragons. They did their part fairly well, but it was it was all about Kevin Owens and Del Rio. They told a really nice story. They had great chemistry, um, and it was yeah, it's it's it kind of built up money in the bank that they're you know they're going to have a bit of a tiff going through it. Um, that it's not just the good guys against the bad guys and the bad guys against the good guys. It's the good guys against each other and the bad guys against each other as well. So um, yeah, built up uh, anticipation for match of the night uh, for money in the bank. Um, so yeah, match of the night tag match Del Rio Kevin Owens versus the Lucha Dragons. Level of storytelling. So that's it for another episode of Grapple Pie. Do you agree with what I said? Do you disagree with what I've said? As I've said on many an occasion, pretty much the only reason I do this podcast is so I can talk about wrestling. I don't have anybody that I know who I can talk about wrestling with. So please, if you have something to say about wrestling, Say it to me. That would be lovely. Um, Facebook.com forward slash The Daniel Swan. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Palugin, P-A-L-O-O-G-I-N. Um, the website, danielswan.squarespace.com, or even send me a good old-fashioned email, danielswan41 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you come back and listen to um, uh, another uh, podcast as and when I get them up. I uh, should get, probably the next one will be for Money in the Bank, actually, so that should be quite fun. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, until we um, hungry enough for another slice of grapple pie, my name's Daniel Swan. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.